Wait, did you hear? <gasps> no. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This, this is Uncover Girl. Girl. Okay, so I have something to reveal to you. What? So for the listeners, I'm having a bachelorette party in Because you are getting married. Because I'm getting married. A bachelorette party being organized by many of my dear college friends. And there is a game that has been proposed. Okay. Called Who Said It? Okay. And there are snippets of the Uncover Girl podcast that are being set aside. And then everyone has to guess who said it, me or you. No. Yes. No, you're famous. Wow. I know. I think it'll be fun because I do think we've said some unhinged things. What will be curious is I wonder if it'll stump even us. I think we'll know. You and I. I think we we might know. But there are some things I say that I think, you know what? I think I'll know better than you because I have to listen back to it. Yeah, you're right. Like I literally go through every single word that we say and yeah. decide whether or not it is worthy. Oh, my God. Yeah, you So I, I might know. Although I've really said some incredibly chaotic things. And I I know you, I saw you being taken to task last night for one of them. What did I say last night? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that you criticized the new Swifties. And I saw someone <gasps> confront you. Yeah, no, I was confronted in real life. You were in confronted real life in real pod. life. Yeah. All and of us dressed to the nines and someone comes up to you and says, how dare you? No, we were at an event last night yeah. for... A hair clip brand. A launch. But, a, a, launch. La- a clip launch, if you will. No, it's the it's an established brand. No, of course. Yeah. But they were launching clips. Oh. Were they launching new clips? New clips. Oh yeah, my yeah. God, I'm so, I'm so silly. Um, and we did, you know, we saw one of our favorite outgoes in real life. Yeah. And she said, I have a bone to pick with you because you called out new Swifties uh, and said, you guys are just bandwagoning and you're not authentic. I want to clarify the statement. Setting the record straight. That's exactly what I'm using this opportunity to do. I was referring to a very specific person who has a podcast, um, who's very famous, and was saying to one of her guests, like, I just feel like I'm a new Swifty. I, you know, I hated it in the past. I love it now. I totally understand that so many people might have been like, okay, I dropped off for a few albums, but I'm really back in it now. I'm watching her crush this tour. And I totally understand coming to her at this point in her life. Something about this very specific person just graded me in that it felt so trendy Mm -hmm. and it just didn't feel that genuine. It felt like, yeah, I like Taylor Swift's shiny leotards and I've listened to one song off Lover and I'm finally like, I'm here, I'm in Mm -hmm. it. Or I enjoyed the all too well 50 minute version (laughs) and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. So that was what I was referring to. Absolutely no harm intended when it comes to people who have recently enjoyed a little bit of Tay-Tay. It's good to clarify in general. We're here to criticize famous people. No, we are. We're lampooning the rich and privileged. Robin Hoods. (laughs) (laughs) We are taking from them to give to you. Exactly. Taking them apart to give you the pieces. To give... That's it. And that's the log line. Even that made me feel a bit sad. I know. Is that what we're doing? We're not tearing people down. No, no, we're not tearing people down. No, no, no. no, We're really not. If we ever are, which we never are. No. (laughs) I don't think so. I think we're always looking for, it's cultural analysis. Yeah. When you operate in a public forum, you offer yourself up for that critique, whether or not, intentionally or otherwise, it's just a part of the Exactly. And I mean, we're girls' girls at our core. We're never looking to tear another lady down but there there does have to be some acknowledgement of the fact that a lot of the people we're talking about are millionaires if not billionaires who have been in the public eye for decades and who have like a lot of privilege influence and could do a lot of good for the world and often don't the thing that actually looking back on it frustrated me about our taylor swift episode is that i don't think we acknowledged very real uh, issues that she's been called out for. I mean, you you briefly touched on racial injustice in the weekend uh, episode, but the the private jet, oh we didn't God, even I go know. there. I mean, if we went back and made a little asterisk for all the people that are like climate 
terrorists <laughs> that have so many private jets, like Kylie Jenner, Taylor Swift, are like some of the people where they're like, please taking six stop minute doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something that was obviously caused a lot of outrage and uproar, and we just kind of forgot about it, which is a testament, obviously, to her power. But speaking of famous women, I did see a few last night. Oh my God, who? Sophia Ritchie. Oh, she is beloved right now. She's on an absolute tear. How did it happen? I. How did it happen? The wedding. It was the wedding. I think it was actually really, I mean, this is all over TikTok, so I'm really not saying anything new, but it was a, this wedding rollout of prep that really cemented her as kind of like a style icon because prior to that, there was nothing, but there was so much. I mean, there much. was Scott Disick. There was Scott Disick. Which we'll talk about later. Oh, actually, yeah. This, he comes up episode. in this episode. Oh, yes. There's a lot about old Disicky. He's, he's, <laughs> he's coming up. But no, she was in her wedding whites again. So it seems to be that she's in this. You know, when you mourn after a funeral, you wear black for like a year. Yeah. She seems to be in this like a honeymoon white Era. I love that. I love. absolutely love that. No, I think that's going to be you too. Listen. I, I, also, there, I, there's actually nothing I love more than a white dress. Like in my life, like in general. So this is really my season. This is my, the bridal attire is what I hope to be in always. So yeah, the full year, it's going to be me. You're not going to see me in anything but white. Which I love. I absolutely love. Uh, There was a rumor (laughs) by one of my friends that Amy Schumer was present at this event. She goes, Amy Schumer is sitting on the couch over there. And I was like, no way. No. I was like, Amy Schumer wouldn't be here. That's crazy. And I went and it was not Amy Schumer. Oh, no. In the absolute slightest. <laughs> and I said, baby girl, what, what, are you doing? what are you doing? You sent me on a wild goose chase looking for a 40-something comedian. <laughs> like, I was like, she's not going to be at this industry influencer pop-up event. You're I crazy. Know. There were oysters in the middle of everything. There was like a huge box basket, flower basket of oysters. Which, as we know, is the only protein influencers and celebrities consume. And caviar, of course. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Understandable. So that leads me to what's inspiring you. I mean, what an ironic kickoff for what's inspiring me. What's inspiring me is my thriftiness over absolute lack of funds. Okay, yeah. No, and we're not the only two people. I've talked to a few friends now. Everyone is broke. Is broke. Why? Also, I retired that word in 2017. I tried not to say it. And it did change my life and perspective by not saying I'm broke all the time. Even saying the word out loud now kind of gives me a heart palpitation. We take it back. We take it back. I I do not claim that. I'm more financially challenged than I have been in the past six months. And this is a frustrating place to be because all I see is pretty things. I see pretty clothes all around me. I want them. I send them to you. I say, I want this. You say, you should have it. I say, that's not going to happen. Don't be ridiculous, you (laughs) stupid whore. (laughs) (laughs) and of course we're talking about a skin tight leather skirt with the american flag on it (laughs) the most recent dm the most recent one i showed you was a shirt that had a cutout of a star in the chest and i said i want this you just pointed to it with no context and i said is there anything else on the floor of the equinox yeah two-piece pleather uh skirt crop top situation uh that was american themed i thought how perfect for fourth of july Oh, oh it would be so cute is it practical Am I going to wear it many, many times? Possibly not. So this has been this has been a real point of contention in my life is that I, I want all the things. I want to buy all the flights. I want it all. And yet I can't have it. And I shan't. I shan't have it. No. Although this has been a huge turning point for me. You know that I've struggled with haircuts recently. I know. I have long hair. and Gorgeous long hair. Oh my. <laughs> thank you so much. But... I, my haircuts are really basic. They're kind of like a couple of face framing layers and then a quick trim at the back. Mm -hmm. It literally takes three minutes. I've always gone to Chinatown to get these haircuts because it's, it's cheap and cheerful. They, they're they're quick. It's, it's great. Recently they've been dropping the ball. They've become complacent with me. They see me, they know me. They're like, hi. They ask me a couple of questions about my life and Chris and when I'm having children. It's honestly very intimate and personal in the way that I'm like, is this appropriate? But I've, I've come away with some sort of chunky layers sometimes. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I pivoted. I walked up the street to a hairdresser chain, which may, people may have said that's risky. That's inadvisable. And people have said that. You are, you are one of them. Yeah. And yet I went. I said, look, I'm looking for, you know, half an inch off the bottom, just a, a quick trim, just as straight as possible. And then just if you could kind of razor it around the front. And they said, yes, it took two minutes. I went with wet hair, walked up with wet hair, left with wet hair. Stop. $14. 
Oh my. 14. Unheard of. Dollars. Unheard of. She was like, Long I, hair cut for a woman, $14, $14 in the city of Los Angeles. Yes. She was like, I, I'm literally charging you for a, a beard trim was what she put the category on to because she was like, this wasn't a haircut. Like this was very, very quick. The, that was three minutes in the chair. And I was like, listen, I, I tipped her. I tipped her 20. No, I tipped her 10. Oh God. Should I have tipped her more? I tipped $10. No, that's good. That's, is that good? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it rounded out at $24, which I was like, what a bargain. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. Oh my God. Which brings us also, I mean, you're kind of in the same position. I want to ask what's inspiring you, but I kind of already know. Well, it's a similar thing of like, I'm also struggling financially right now, but I'm not also, struggling. Not struggling. Challenged. Just challenged. Yeah, you're right. And I, I'm being proactive about it. I'm budgeting. I'm seeing, you know, what I can possibly cut out of my life and it's, it's going okay. I've been bringing little to-go lunches here when we record. I'm really not buying um, except for a wedding dress, which I have been looking for. That's the thing. Where did the budget start? Where did it start? Stop, stop. Where did it start? About it? I was like, I want to spend under a thousand dollars. Where is well, it now? Well, because you, I know now it's like 3,000. No. I tried on, I tried on a $7,000 dress, but I, it was just to try it on. No, it wasn't. You showed me a photo and you said, what do you think? <laughs> and that is, that's seven times. I know, it's the- seven times the original budget. Well, it started, I was actually with you. I was with you when I tried on my first ever wedding dress, which was, we were at a thrift store and they had a Kate drop waist, beautiful little dress and we tried it on and I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. And it was what, like $700 I something? think 600 Yeah. But it was a perfect also kind of reception party yeah. dress. It was, you know, shin length, I would say, and like a big tulle tutu skirt. It was so sick. It was cute. Really sick. I've, I've thought about it since, but it's okay. It wasn't yeah. mine. No. It wasn't mine. And um, so yeah, I've been looking. I went, I was um, at the mall yesterday with a friend and I didn't realize that Anthropology just like has wedding dresses out. So I was just looking through them casually at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday evening. Whenever. I didn't know they had a bridal collection whatsoever. They do, and it's very popular. People love their bridal stuff because it's pretty affordable. It's like all the dresses come out at around 1000 No. Yes. Yeah. You know, and they have veils. They have like little accessories. I've heard their accessories are really where like a lot of people go for their earrings and their hair clips and crowns. So, so yeah, I'm looking, if anyone has any hot tips, please let me know because I don't know how people do this on a budget. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. But man, oh man. I know there is a beautiful vintage store, the Happy Isles in LA, but it costs 300 to get an appointment. That's the other side of it that I didn't realize is that you have to pay Pay. to get in the door. But I thought it was like a $50 entry fee at a club. That's the only one that's like, it's $275. But does that become a deposit for whatever you go whatever you yes, end up buying if yeah. you buy it but it's like they have very limited stock and obviously because it's all vintage so it's like if you don't find it then you've just lost three hundred dollars that is tough that's hard that's a lot oh my goodness i know so yeah. that's that but you're gonna come out on top i'm gonna come out on top i'm of gonna the come cake. out of the i know i'm so sorry i'm a little bit tired today and my my bent is really not hitting i know and it's like sometimes we come and we didn't dance before Oh, oh my, god. my god that's what it was i know we usually we've been instilling that to get our little hearts beating but you know what it's okay because our guest this week was also a little bit tired and we all bonded over that at the beginning you know what it was it was like girls sitting together on a bed knee to knee and that's how it should be because we were talking about someone that i remember watching her movies at sleepovers growing up Mean Girls being one of them. We are, of course, talking about the iconic Rachel McAdams. And the incredibly delightful Samantha Leach, who flew to Florida to profile her. Yes. So we are so excited to have her on as a guest. This is personal for me because she was my editor when I was a writer at Bustle. And, oh, she was just a dream. She's so funny, so cool. And um, and now she's just published a book. I know. Her debut, The Alyssa's, which absolutely buy it review it, rate it, love it. It is dark and interesting and brutal. And oh my God, we get into it when we introduce her. This conversation is so exciting. I loved it. I loved it too. No, we had such a ball. And it made me really, really, really want to rewatch The Notebook, which I haven't watched in a really long time. Well, this is something we didn't bring up, the the infamous audition scene oh. of Rachel, Rachel and Ryan. Well, she's I, giving all of it. Because you know Britney Spears was the original choice for that casting. 
what? Yeah. Are Brittany, you kidding? Brittany read, she went through multiple rounds. They went with Rachel literally off the strength of her crying scene. I've watched it. I'm not joking. Hundreds of times. Uh, when I was a young, budding, hopeful actress, that audition scene was everything to me. Oh my God, I admired her so much. And I just, I was totally obsessed. So this was like a, this was a very cozy place to revisit. But this this piece did go viral. Yes. The photos and Sam's writing, what yeah. she pulled out of it. Yeah. Rachel very rarely gives interviews. She has no social media presence. So yeah, this was like, this was a big moment in pop culture that Rachel would reemerge. And the fact that Samantha was the one to bring it to life is like, must have been really, really thrilling for her as well. I know. So you're all in for a big treat as we get into the nitty gritty of the profile and also kind of what it is to interview some of the hottest people alive. So without further ado, Rachel McAdams is worth waiting for in Bustle 2023. Enjoy. tell if my throat, having a sore throat is because I went to two loud parties last night and tried mm. to talk the whole time. Yeah. Or, oh, I'm like properly run down. I don't know. We'll see. Stay tuned. Well, it would make sense. I mean, this is your pub week. How did it all go? Yeah, well, last the week was. It was last great. Week. It was real. It was good. It's been exciting. Are all the feelings you're supposed to feel happening, or do you feel completely numb and dissociated? <laughs> I'm yeah. just like big ball of feelings and which ones I'm feeling at any given time is evolving but anxiety is always winning out as is the nature of uh, my existence so this is like this is the pinnacle moment this is what we all feel like we're working towards and then it hits and you're like wait it doesn't I don't yeah I'm not even that happy (laughs) exactly um there was a great document google doc that I didn't know existed that a colleague sent me that she got sent when she published a book and it's like practical advice for authors and just like quote some anonymous semi-attributed um about like what it's like to go through this experience like what many people feel and like the best one was like it's gonna suck even when it's awesome it's gonna suck like you'll sell a lot and then the next book you won't sell a lot someone will make more than you like you know just mean like there's always going to be that thing you're judging yourself against um and I really liked that to give the listeners a little background Samantha Leach is the entertainment editor at large at Bustle she's done cover stories on everyone from Charlie Puth to Camila Cabello and profiled the likes of Paul Mescal J Smith Cameron everyone that you love she's probably profiled everyone hot yeah everyone hot for sure and the big exciting news is her debut book The Alyssa's is out officially. Um, And it's an in-depth look at the troubled teen industry through the lives of three girls who all passed away far, far too young. We are so excited to have you on and congratulations for the 50th time on the book. I, I have started it and I cannot wait. I'm really excited to be here and to talk with you guys. And yes, I have profiled a lot of hot people. Can we start, start with the hotness? Let's start there. Because yeah. it is, I think the question I always ask other writers, and I get asked a lot by people in and out of the industry, when you see someone for the first time, it is so shocking. Yeah. To, I mean, the beauty really slaps you in the face. How has that been in your experience? I've been disappointed by people in person. I think that when you're profiling celebrities and it's so predicated on getting them to open up and connect, it almost becomes less about looks and it becomes about their charm. Yes. They're a bit so, mm-hmm. so or lack thereof I, in many cases. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I almost like, yes, these are good looking people, but I'm so much more enthralled by their ability to express their emotions. Um, tell me an actual story, even just be polite and ask me questions back, which I shouldn't care about, but I think really gives you an indication of like if someone's engaging in it. So I, when I walk away thinking about the people who uh, I feel like crushed, like, oh, they were so hot. Mm. A lot of it is based on that. Um, That's so Communication true. skills. Yeah. I, is there anyone you've been particularly taken with in a way that surprised you? I, I remember G-Eazy was someone. <laughs> G-Eazy was someone that I was like, whoo. That was like a like a hot man in every sense of the word when I left that interview. Is there anyone on that yeah. level for you? 
Yeah, I I really didn't grow up on Teen Wolf, but when I profiled Dylan O'Brien, mm, it was yes. right after he did um all too well. And really my thesis was like, what is what's up with this guy? Like everyone <laughs> seems to really like him. Like Taylor loves him, and a friend of mine, Sarah Ramos, and him are be- he are best friends. And I was like, what's this guy's deal? He's like all of a sudden everywhere, but like, and like the internet's so thirsty for him, but I just had never, I'd never seen Maze Runner. I had never, I just had never seen any of his work. Mm. So I went in with like, you know, no shade to Dylan, but like, kind of like, all right, like I'll either like him or I don't. But he was really charming, really sweet, really open, really charismatic, all the things that I look for in a subject and just like very kind in a way that felt genuine. So I walked away being like, oh, I get that like I really didn't come in understanding but now I've like walked away converted it is like a charisma it's like he's winking even when he's not winking what was so cool about Dylan it was uh, trying to think of the line of how I described him I said something about like disarmament being his superpower and it was that was really how I felt like yeah the way he engaged with everyone on set like you know and I'm sure it's to a fault in his life but this desire to really make people feel at ease which I'm sure uh comes at a sacrifice for him but I was really taken by that He's Aww. someone that is always self-deprecating and always parodies himself, which is a really yeah. interesting uh, approach to have taken as an actor because so few of them can see outside of themselves. For sure, for sure. <laughs> it's, yeah, and, and see how they're perceived by the public. Like they have no recognition oftentimes. Yeah. Going back to the beginning a little bit, how did you, how did your career take this shape? Yeah, I, I mean, my first media job was that I worked at Glamour. I was a features assistant and celebrity and pop culture is just like the air that I breathe it's the lens through <laughs> which I see the world so when it would be like story opportunities those were the ones that I was gravitating towards and did the best with um I started off by doing a lot of what we call in the industry as told to's where you interview a celebrity and then take their words and put it into an essay and that's kind of like how I got my feet wet and the ability to talk to some people I probably certainly wouldn't have been able to profile but like gave me more comfortability talking to celebrities um and then kind of built up from there I mean my career had some pivots where for a year at Glamour I was overseeing our work and money coverage which I was horrible at (laughs) Um, but I just kept trying you know it felt like anytime even that space was exciting to me was when I could tie it back to the celebrity I was like how can we get experts person to talk about how they're kind of bad with money like I just I couldn't escape it and then it just became very much like all right well there's a reason I'm returning to this and why it's not only what I enjoy but feel I'm best at and I mean Rachel McAdams who you profiled so beautifully here is that is um I feel like I'm so excited about this because she is a unique kind of celebrity yeah she is she is like one so iconic and I feel like our generation specifically grew up with her, but also she's not on social media. And so she's one of the few where the celebrity profile really is the way we get to know her. Yeah. Um, as in like it used to be in olden times. So yeah, she um, really does feel more in keeping with that older celebrity who we just don't have access to all the time. Everyone is so accessible. Rachel McAdams is not. So how did you approach that going in, knowing that she's one, someone that keeps her personal life rather personal? Yeah, she's not like a Kim Kardashian spec where she is like her whole life is available to you to like study and learn from before you go into the interview. I think for me, what's interesting is usually the last thing I actually want to talk to a celebrity about is the project they're promoting. Yes, always. (laughs) Always. It was an interesting case where it was truly a film that I was really eager to discuss with her. She was promoting Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, which was the first major picture adaptation of a Judy Bloom project. I believe it was the first time she ever played a mother or at the very least um, a role where like being a mom was the sole thing, not the sole, but the uh, primary part of her character. And I was just, I loved the movie and I felt like it was a really good avenue into talking about her experiences of girlhood, which again, we don't know so much about her. And I felt like, you know, I read every interview she'd ever done and everything was like, still talk to Ryan Gosling. What was it like on the notebook? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) her ex-boyfriend from 2006. She's so over talking about mean girls. I'm so sure. So I was like, what is actually new that we can unearth? And how can I tie it back to the movie in a way that makes her feel comfortable, which led to 
what I found to be an interesting conversation about her experiences growing up in small town Canada as like a rising figure skater, which was a side of her we really hadn't seen before. And I think was able to couch that in a discussion of the movie that made her feel more comfortable to open up. And yeah. Sam, you live in New York now, but where are you from originally? I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. And did you feel a proximity to pop culture in that sense that you were that you were close to the city-ish? I, I just think, you know, I came of age like at the advent of TMZ and Perez Hilton. So I don't think it felt, I mean, I came to New York a lot growing up because like my dad would take me to see plays and we had like family in the area, but it wasn't like I was here that made me feel close. I think just like having the internet, like I just like Perez was like the homepage on like my Safari browser. So I think, yeah, just like internet access made me feel close. I'm interested in if you were a fan of Rachel going in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I told her this, and it's true. I'm a Family Stone girl. I love that movie. I watch it every year at least. You're a Stony? (laughs) I'm a Stony, yeah. Um, I mean, like, who, but like, it'd be really hard pressed to find someone who's not a fan of Rachel McAdams. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, she's like wedding crashers too. Like, the hits are there. So, yeah, I was a fan. I mean, it wasn't like, she was a person that like, I thought about my whole, like, you know, I, you, when you have like your dream people, I'm curious who's like on your roster of like dream people to profile. But when the opportunity came, I was like, oh yeah, that'd be so fun. Oh yeah. To answer that question, Sean Mendes is still the Sean, that's a good one. That's a good one. What about I you? Sean Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a running joke. He's, Such a he's not mine, but um, I, 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 I respect that for you. I Who's wanna... yours? Who's yours? Well, he's not my crush, but the person I really would love to do like 6,000 meaty words on is Scott Disick. Oh, oh my God. That is a genius direction. Oh, you gotta. I tweet it out all the time. I don't even use Twitter. I'm just like, who will let me profile Scott Disick? Who will let me profile? He doesn't really do press. But he's the he's the glue that keeps that show alive. He's Running, the, I know. Art. He he like Courtney probably hasn't talked to him in ten years. Yet he's still literally like just such. He's the lifeblood because he's the funny one. Anyway, he's the funny one. He is anybody, the funny one. he's the he's the outsider perspective to this really lavish life. Even though he obviously grew up on the yeah. on the cover of whatever Heartland books as the model. You know right, that right? Right. right, right. right. Books. Yeah. And like was obviously from a wealthy Long Island, New York family, whatever. But yeah, no, he. He's the one we get to voyeur through his eyes. I also just think he's he's had a lot of tragedy in his life. And he's you've really seen how like this crazy trajectory into fame has affected him. Like there's, you know, it's the thing of like the comedian is this goes home and is sad. Like there's a lot of sadness there too. I'd be fascinated to talk to him. That's such a good one. I'm going to think about mine. Yours is Sean Mendez because it's like your duty to do it. I need to think about mine, what my dream one is. I think it's tough because some of the dream ones I was able to do at Bustle, like Liz Fair was and Alanis Morissette, like so many of like those like heroines of the 90s. I was like so obsessed with, but I would love to do exactly the meaty 6,000 words is a different experience where it's like- And just access, which is something we talk about all the time where it's like, it's so, you're so hard pressed to get five days with Brad Pitt that people used to get. With Rachel too, I I flew to Key West to do this story um, because that's where kind of, that's where Judy Bloom lives. So they kind of made that a hub for doing a lot of the press and Rachel primarily lives in the South as well. So I think it was just a convenience thing, but it was a lot of negotiating. And I think, you know, it's such a part of the job is to always like fight for more access. Like I listened to, um, Allison P. Davis on long form a really long time ago. And she's like, I've never had an interview where I haven't been like, can I just get a ride with you after? Like you're going to dinner? Like, do you mind if I just, so it doesn't always work because usually there's celebrity PR over that, like wrangling you. But I did very much like they wanted to do it in a conference room. And I was like, no, no, no. So we did, we got to sit outside. I mean, I didn't have the longest time with her, but I think, you know, there's just, it's really hard to do your best work in like a sterile conference room. Like we got outside, there was music, we were by the water, just, oh, environment is so important. Um, I really believe. And in person, like nothing, like uh, it's so hard to do anything of worth over Zoom in my opinion, not like that, but you know, celebrity profiling when opening up is like the challenge. Yeah, 100 Mm percent. And to that, I'd love to get into the profile, realizing how many roles she 
gave up sort of mm-hmm. at the height of her career, um, which is bananas. And she sounds completely egoless in such a wild way for a star of her caliber. She talks about that cover that she was supposed to do that was shot by Fran Lebowitz where she walked off set. Yeah. So just to give a little bit of background to that, I didn't realize that she was, she's been long alluded to as an actress who walked off set. There yeah. was Kara Knightley and Scarlett Johansson. They were both naked. We know the cover now because Tom Ford stepped in right. and then it was parodied by Jonah Hill and Seth Rogen yeah. and all the things. But I had always heard the story of like, there was an actress who walked off set, not till I read this profile. Did I realize it was Rachel McAdams? Like, oh I just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know. Crazy. You're right. Ultimately, she walked off set. Soon after, she moved back to Canada and started turning down roles in films like The Devil Wears Prada, Casino Royale, Mission Impossible, Iron Man, and Get Smart. Instead, she spent her time biking around Toronto, spending time with her family, and recentering. Today, McAdams admits, there's certainly things like, I wish I'd done that, but the success of those projects, she says, makes her think twice about her potential casting. I step back and go, that was the right person for that. I need to remember that. Why am I walking? Absolutely. Like that, that is the right person for the job. Yeah. I know. It's a radical point of view. She's really well adjusted and it's just not bullshit. I mean, I, even the fact that, you know, I I talked about earlier that she grew up figure skating and she probably could have gone, if she had really dedicated to herself, like it seems likely that she could have gone pro or at least attempted that. And she just wanted to go to high school. And I think when you're like in a pipeline like that and like have like your grasp being at like all this attention, feeling, you know, fame and success aside, even like being known for something and feeling special in that and having this momentum behind you, I don't think I would have been able to say no to that, but her the sense of like what will actually fulfill her and be right for her, I think is very unwavering and is something she's possessed for a very long time. I'm interested in your response because this was obviously um, one of the big moments in the profile that was pulled out by press and, you know, offered up for public consumption as a little clickbait. I was curious as to whether that resonated with you while you were talking to her as a like damn that's a that's a pull out that's a clip no I didn't I mean I was interested in that but I felt like she's talked about it before so I didn't think this piece would go so viral I think that like once I have the lead I feel like I crack a story and when she started talking about her boobs and not wearing <laughs> a bra, like that was my little like moment of excitement. I was like, well, I just wrote the lead. And like, I can like, you know, start jotting notes down for it immediately after in the notes app. So it wasn't like I like was doing the interview thinking, oh, this is what the New York Post is going to pick up. I think a sign of a good interview is when you're walking out and you could feel the shape of the skeleton as you're leaving. To start with boobs, I feel like is always a strong choice. You do it really beautifully here. So the piece opens, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. The puberty Bible and icon of YA literature is, among other things, the story of an 11-year-old's desperation to grow breasts. We must, we must, we must increase our bust, goes its most famous line. Rachel McAdams' time on the set of the book's new film adaptation is a testament to the fact that you don't stop feeling weird about your boobs once they come in. Surprise, it's a lifelong affliction. The funnest thing about your writing is it's so, we say this a lot, it's so voicey, mm-hmm. but it's also, it's incredibly simple. It's concise. It's so, it's so accessible to any type of reader. I think there's, there's such a tendency to want to be flowery and we've, we've just come off a profile like that. It immediately draws me in, obviously boobs or without boobs and makes me feel closer to the subject, which I think is is the thing the profile is supposed to do the most that's the primary duty I agree I feel like I've always thought that the Sam magic from a time that you were my editor at Bustle is that you know how to be funny without it being like a cheap joke you are so good at poking fun at celebrities or like bringing out the things that it's like you know I'm sure when they mention it in the interview it's like well this couldn't possibly open the piece and then you're like no it will it will and it'll be great (laughs) when I've been asked advice about like how to do a celebrity profile in this day and age unless I'm talking to somebody who like you know, I'm trying to think of a time where I've t- it's been really serious subjects or maybe, you know, you're t- the example, like when you, people started getting interviewed after the Me Too movement, all these different things, unless you're talking about real heavy shit, like just have some fun. Like this is such a funny, silly premise. Like we're all sitting here, like people are weird. Like I'm always looking for like the weirdest bits, I guess, uh, and how to draw those out. That's my, that's my goal. Um, whatever I write. I've done profiles with talent 
who are very high profile. And as a result, there are 11 team members either on the call (laughs) or in the vicinity. And they are so media shy and overly press trained. And what is coming out of it is this very stilted kind of awkward Mm -hmm. party line conversation. I'm wondering how you navigate that when you're in that type of setting. When I did my first cover story on Camila Cabello, um, the publicist didn't leave the trailer. It was on set in LA and like the publicist didn't leave the trailer. And then afterwards, like we got back on the phone. I was like, we were going to do a photo. Oh, it was one of those moments where I was like, can I come in the car in that very Allison Davis way? And they're like, no, but you can like talk to her on the phone in the car, do a follow-up. <laughs> and I was like getting in an Uber with the head of creative. And then all of a sudden it was like me, Camilla and the publicist on the phone. I had to come up with like, more questions on the spot and the call draw it was so it, it didn't oh. get anything Camilla like her she was with Sean at the time and I they were really goofy on social in many ways and oh, I wanted, they, were, they were making out on social it yeah, was the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know she's not telling me anything that interesting about their relationship but let's just do a full graph on observations on their weird social media dynamic. So I think it's like knowing when to pull out of the conversation you've had and rely on secondary sources or alternative sources if they're going to be more colorful. Do they have they gone on and off the record with you in interviews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I recently profiled Annabelle Dexter Jones, who plays Naomi Pierce on Succession, and we were talking about her journey to get sober and it was the first time she ever talked about it on the record and I really wanted to do right by her with that so I was very much like hey like I've now learned Annabelle actually speaks in a lot of pauses but at the time I wasn't aware of that so she was pausing a lot in a way that I thought was like her really thinking through what she should and shouldn't say and I was like if you want to go off the record we can then kind of backtrack into this and you tell me what you're comfortable or uncomfortable with because I think something to learn with like celebrity profiling is like when to let like the writer win and I you know she was sharing a really personal story with me and I wanted to make sure she was comfortable and she's like no 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 we don't have to go off the record and I was like cool so yeah and then also this isn't a proper celebrity but Julie Schott who's the founder of Starface which I'm wearing right now <laughs> he really opened up to me about her eating disorder recovery and that was kind of we went off the record for a bit again not to be like I'm not going to tell you the story but to figure out where her comfort was in telling it so if it was like a just you know a stupid thing like a like a hook you know like if charlie puth losing his virginity i probably would be i would never be like hey we can go off the record for a sec but with really personal stories that are relating to sobriety mental health all of that i'm more than comfortable briefly going off the record and kind of giving them the moment helping them figure out where they're willing to go just because that is so personal yeah have you had a frustratingly off the record moment where someone's kind of given you something really juicy I know that it's happened but I think it's also been like something that like wouldn't really relate to the profile at the end of the day like something juicy or they tell me like oh yeah I'm starring in this new thing and they're like oh but that's not like available to be announced yet and I'm kind of like okay well in my experience it's usually when they're talking about other people yeah it's when they're talking about other people entertainment a favorite moment was i was doing a profile on kasdi david and i asked her if she was seeing anyone and she literally goes fuck i'm not famous enough not to say to say no comment and i was like yeah girl like you got she's like yeah i'm seeing someone like like, you know so (laughs) i think it's really important the way you described approaching this from a human angle and understanding that when people are talking to you about their issues with substance use or Um, recovery, it's like, it's important to treat this like you're sitting across from another human being. And even in this Rachel profile, you're talking about her boobs, like lactating, motherhood, bodies, like these are all kind of personal subjects. And I feel like you treat them carefully. Yeah, it, it is sort of perfect the way, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, tied into kind of where she is in life in that I was sort of obsessed with the descriptions of like them deciding to make her character braless and her breastfeeding at the same time and like finding a way to do that where she feels comfortable. I need to see the movie still. It's just like totally delightful. Uh, yeah, no, the the approach to new motherhood that you've taken as 
a kind of a puberty, a second puberty. It's not about it like that, but that's true. It's, yeah. it's so profound. Your body's changing rapidly. You have no idea what it's doing. It's performing all these biological functions that you're not necessarily comfortable with. <laughs> and I, I loved that, that parallel, which we, we've got to acknowledge kind of the elephant in the room, which was the other, uh, <laughs> the other part of the profile that went so viral sure. with the photos. She had visibly um, unshaven armpits, which just caused an absolute ruckus. It must've been truly bizarre and surreal for you to see how much that was picked up off the basis of body hair. Yeah. I, I Did I not ultimately mention in the story? I can't remember, but I, I talked about how she re- wanted to be minimally Photoshopped. And when I saw the images, I was like, oh, this could be, this is, this will be interesting. But like the amount of leverage the internet got off, got out of that, like the fact that there were like op-eds in favor, op-eds against, like every day a new, I have a copy of the post where it's just like her armpit somewhere in my apartment. Um, But what I will say that I didn't realize until after, and I think is something really brilliant about Rachel and her approach to celebrity that this really indicated to me is like, she's not on social. She only does interviews when she wants to, or like when she has something big to promote, but like she knows what she's doing. I mean, in, I think it was 2018 when she did that really viral photo shoot where she put the breast pumps. Like, she's not going to give you any unfiltered look at her home life, but she is going to give you an image that's going to, like, run the news cycle. And I think there's a really smart, really savvy PR strategy to that that I really feel like she knows what she's doing. And, like, and I don't mean that in, like, uh, in any way negative. I think it's really smart. She's really... Also, if she gives you an image, she can, there's control there. She knows what she's doing and she doesn't have to reveal as much of herself. It's playing a character in many ways. And I think that's what she feels most comfortable giving the press. And I like, I really respected her for that. I remember that image in Girls, Girls, Girls magazine. She looked absolutely incredible. And she has the breast pumps and the Versace jacket. And um, the quote that you pull out in this piece is that she says, I love that juxtaposition of beauty, glam, fantasy, and then truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like the photos that accompany this piece are similar in that way where like she looks amazing, even though she's minimally retouched. You can see her armpit hair, which I have. I I <laughs> I don't shave them. Yeah, we've never talked about that on the pod. No, for me, it was that I was embarrassed about it for a long time. And then there just came a point where I was like, I'm I refuse to be itchy and uncomfortable for no reason. And I was just like, I'm absolutely done. Like, I'm done. You were embarrassed that it was growing back too quickly. Yeah, growing back too quickly and like so dark. I remember like, you know, obviously like middle school teen years. I was like, oh, no. And I was working so hard to keep up with it. And then there just came a point, I think it was like my first year in college where I was like, I'm never going to shave my armpits again. I'm unfortunately the, I mean, not unfortunately, everyone's right to choose, but like, (laughs) I, I hate not feeling shaved. So I'm like currently in the process of like, I want to laser my whole body, you know? So I'm like deep in laser right now. And I love it. Okay. I've also been deep in laser, completed sessions on the whole body and- Let me tell you. Oh my, on the whole body? No, not the legs. Oh, yeah. everything else. Everything else. I'm, doing, I'm doing full Brazilian. Like, so am yeah, I. It's I, the best place I've ever made. How deep are you in that though? Because I'm six sessions on the other side and it's still, we're still here. No, I keep going. The greatest okay. lie is that it's four to six sessions. It's not. It's, it's not. like eight to 10, $5 million. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something truly crazy, not to talk too much about body hair, but like who cares? No. We're I here. have such dark, thick black hair. I'm on, I've only done two sessions. It's mostly not growing back. Oh my God. Yeah. So that, Incredible. so, okay. So that is the other, the other part of the equation, which is like, I, I have red hair. My body hair is lighter. You are the dream candidate. Pale, yeah. It's really working. Hair. Yes. What, really- what's your, what's your ethnicity? Are you uh, just Jewish. white? Oh, okay. I have a friend who's Ecuadorian and she's like, yeah, it was gone for me in three. <laughs> I never thought I'd be that person. I thought that I was like, I did my upper lip uh, in high school and I still have to like every once in a while wax. Also that hair is just hair that never fully goes away. But like, I'm so into the late, I'm going to do my legs and armpits next. Like I'm really, I've got like a great package at Sev Laser. Shout out Sev Laser sponsor <laughs> me. Um, and I'm, I'm never going back. It's funny. I told my fr- a guy friend last night and he was like he's gay he was like do guys like that like when and I was like he's like and I was like well I like it he's like fuck I should have asked that first (laughs) totally are you are you dating right now (laughs) I am very single right now 
Oh my God. That's so exciting to be a slippery seal and single. Are you guys both? You're engaged, right, Ivana? I'm engaged. I'm yeah, engaged. Yeah. engaged. Yeah. No, I'm going to, I'm about to go into um, a hot girl summer like a dolphin. Oh my oh, God. That's nothing hotter than a book, that. A book out, a New York Times review, glowing New York Times review, <laughs> summer around the corner. Hairless body. Yeah. Oh, are Hairless you kidding body. Me? She yeah, cannot be stopped. Unfucking stoppable. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think people might just faint in your presence. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> men aren't going to be able to handle it. New York men, especially, so emasculated. Oh I my mean, God. Um, this is the second interviewer I've talked about my laser hair removal, just in the hopes that, like, a boy I have a crush on will, like, is listen listening to it in. And then be like, okay, fuck. Like, I am going to shoot my shot now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, actively telling people. <laughs> Can I ask you a specifically coastal question related to dating? I'm really struggling at the moment. I'm in a relationship, but you know, sometimes I encounter a straight man in the wild and I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling to discern a sexuality of a man these days. I find oh, it, I, my assumption is it tends to be gay and it, I'm often proven wrong. And I'm wondering as a single woman, how you navigate that because <laughs> my God, I've been, I almost said to a man the other day, you know, how, how's, how's dating in LA, how sniffies, which is a famous yeah, no, gay cruising yeah. ad. And he goes, you know, it's good. I've got a girlfriend. And I was like, oh God, I really misread that. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think, I don't know though. At the same time, like the straights in the crowd, like I, 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 it, there is something, I don't know if you can sniff it, sniffies it out, but like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It, it is confusing. I mean, everyone is just inherently more, uh, metro to say a very sex in the city kind of term but like I have a lot of respect for that you didn't get into the the past relationships of Rachel because obviously she's yeah. got like an a-list roster she's got Ryan she's got Michael yeah. Sheen. the fact that she's now with a screenwriter and that seems very under wraps like I I didn't know that it feels very on brand with the with the woman that she is now it's like I I could care less about having you know the hot man du jour on my arm yeah, I think with me and the Ryan thing, it's just like, if I had asked her about it, I would have felt like the grossest human alive. Like, these are two people who have both been married to other people with children for so long. Like, they probably dated when they were younger than I am now. I'm 30. And I just was like, ew, like, like, do not ask. Like, and I, it's funny, like, I've noticed a lot of weight, like the way people will ask her at the time, it was like when feminist Ryan Gosling memes were really big. Everybody like, you see those memes. Hey girl. Yeah. yeah, Hey girl. That's what it is. (laughs) And theoretically I could have been like, you see Ryan and all those Barbie ads. Uh, but that just felt like so icky. So I think also that's like another time where you're like, when does the writer win versus when the human wins? And especially having come out off of my book, which was a lot of negotiating when let when do you let the writer win? When do you let the human win? It's something I really, really thought about uh, mm-hmm. every night before I went to bed. I just try to be really sensitive to that and all the work that I do. When I was doing research for this and looking at other profiles, people yeah. are still asking her about Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like to kiss Ryan Gosling? And it's yeah. like, are you kidding? I know. I'm just like, oh, I did a lot of that. I dated him for like three years. Like, you know, like it kind of came numb to the fact that he was Ryan Gosling because he was my boyfriend, you know? Yeah. The only way in to that, and I do think that must have played a really prominent part in how she disappeared from Hollywood because the- I think they did say that to her. Yeah. I think talked about her decision to leave. I was like, you were in such a public relationship. You were in such big movies. Like the, I think I said something along the lines of like the public felt a lot of ownership of like, they like, you know, they knew your relationship because especially when you're dating someone so beloved and you're coming off a movie where you guys are in love, people feel like they own, like own a part of that. I, I think I, I think I framed it that way without trying to ask her to talk about the relationship though. If she wanted to, obviously she wouldn't welcome to, I mean, I'm still a journalist at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> but I, it I'm was still a talking. snake in the grass. Yeah, <laughs> it was really, yeah. Just being like, I can understand like that fight or flight instinct and why it was flight for her. No, absolutely. I, I think it's such a testament to her, but the fact that she has always been in ensemble films, yeah. like so rarely is she the lead hot girl, mm-hmm. especially for someone who's so hot. Like it's just, yeah. it's a, such an interesting choice that all her biggest movies, I mean, you listed a handful of them, yeah. Mean Girls, Family Stone, Wedding Crashes, they're all big ensemble. Yeah, that's so true. Films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do either of you watch Dave? 
Yes. Yeah. How, I had no idea she was going to be like on it this oh, season. Oh, I, I haven't gotten was, up to that. Oh, she's in three episodes of Dave this season. Two or three. Stop. No. no three. Yeah. Wait, I find Dave really hard to wash. Like I have to do it in small doses because I'm I- so attracted to him. Like I have such a crush on him. I, well, I won't spoil too much, but there is a song called that he raps in it called Mr. McAdams about like wanting to be known as Mr. Ma- you know, wanting her so much to be happy to be like Mr. McAdams. He yeah. has a great uh, pickup line. I loved I that he, pickup line. He said something but like, it, are you open to being hit on right now? Oh like, my hi, God. Are you open to being hit on right now? Stop. That's Isn't that so incredible? Cool. It's so good. Well done to him. I know. That's so cool that she's in it. I mean, you've also painted such a domestic picture of her life. It's like guest starring on a few episodes of Dave. She's riding around. All of her bikes have baby seats in the back. Complete peace about the roles she turned down. I really can't imagine. It feels like a very regulated nervous system. Remind it me, how does. old is she in this profile? Yeah, how old is she now? Let's see. She's 42. So how old is she? 42. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it really. Oh, 44. 44. Yeah. Yeah, it really does feel like I think what we've heard a lot of women say recently, Kate Winslet being one of them, the the truly coming of age in your 40s and feeling like you know yourself better than ever. You're unwilling to compromise on your values, your friendships, you know who you are. And that yeah. is such a liberating concept. And the fact that she was brave enough in in a moment of probably deep uncertainty, like late 20s, possibly early 30s, at the true height of her career to walk away yeah. from it all and prioritize herself and her her health and her happiness. It's it's just like it's really, I think it's a real message to to us, like to the three of us here, to anyone yeah. listening. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what what does it all matter? You know, what is it for? And you ask the question and she comes up with a very succinct answer, which is fulfillment. And like, and, and really hone in on what that's going to be for you. I really loved the opportunity to talk to her sister. I have one sister. I'm a big sister girl. Her sister is also her makeup artist and was with her on set. And I asked her why Rachel is able to do that right this thing that you're saying that all young we should really take and absorb because it's important I was like it seems she's always been that way and her sister was just like that's who she is like you know and I'm sure it's been cultivated more and manifested more with age as you're saying you know this idea of women being their most comfortable selves probably post 30s but I do think she innately had that in her all along and and her sister really validated that assumption yeah that's such a great supplementary interview I'm like I wish I could interview everyone's sisters when I'm totally totally. because Mm -hmm. there's like there's nothing more intimate we are both sisters I have two sisters Beatrice has an older sister like it's like no brother no brother yeah yeah yeah. probably probably to my detriment to be honest I really (laughs) someone could have reigned me in earlier on it's funny my two closest friends and like you know like your group chat girlies my two best friends in New York you'll like this actually our uh our group chat is called puff piece (laughs) the listener a puff piece is a an article where it's just truly to the benefit of the star and just fluff and fun fluff and fun but i was like when we're talking about like we all get along because we're all sister girls we all just have sisters and it's like that's just a special bond it is girls girl in it's truest sense i think yes when you, when you have sisters because they're always pulling you into line <laughs> oh my god i still Vanna and i quake in fear at the approval of my sister a corporate barbie type oh, very okay. capricorn god i'm a capricorn are you? Of course. Yeah, oh, a, of course. I have a lot of pride in it. Oh you my should. God. I think it is one of the best signs. It's Virgo without the insecurity. I'm it's a, a Virgo. Mo- yeah, I know. Watch what you say. No, I, mean, <laughs> it's, I an, know. I know who I'm talking about. I'm an older sister Capricorn, like your sister. Fearful. How much older is your sister? Five years. My, so, me too. I'm five years older than my sister. No. Yeah. Okay. It's it's a very interesting dynamic where they hate you for much of their lives. And then so it comes much. to you around. Sorry. <laughs> she was so annoying. And now she's my best friend. She flew She lives in Israel. She flew in for my book party and was here for a week. Like oh. I literally couldn't have done it without her. I hated her as a kid. She is still the person, and I don't know if it's the same for your little sister. She's still the person. Her advice, her validation, it truly means more than anything. If she approves, yeah. I'm I'm happy and it can go. Yeah, I, I would imagine I'm that for her. I'm a little too controlling. Like, I don't really let her send emails. She's a chef, so she like doesn't have to do a lot of like 
day-to-day things that we do so I like I like don't trust her to send her own emails but I need to like I'm working on it like I need to <laughs> she but- didn't know that you had to put a subject line in emails I connected oh. in the city and I was like and I go wrote the whole email for her more or less we went over it together and then I didn't and then I said to her the next day I was like what'd you make the subject line and I watched her face fall and she was like oh. I needed a subject line and I was just like no, baby, please, please, <laughs> baby. I, Ivana brought this up to me. I didn't realize this. I might have missed this in the profile, actually. But so Rachel's sister is a makeup artist and her brother is a trainer. And I was like, oh my God, she has a built-in team. And her That's family. so funny. I didn't realize that. That's, yeah, I, I guess I didn't really pay attention to the brother. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Who cares who about cares? that? Yeah. Sort of like what we're left with of this profile was the viral response that it got about the armpits. And I'm curious why you think the public cares so much about what celebrities do with their bodies. I think we have so many opinions about how people present themselves in general. Um, And celebrities are just like people we, I mean, I think the public feels comfortable commenting on nearly anyone, but when you're literally offering up an image for public consumption, it really feeds that beast. And I just think it's tradition, right? Like we've like, as long as there's been photo shoots accompanying celebrity profiles, like it's exciting. People weigh in on them for better or worse. I think it's just like, it's just very much par for the course. And like, usually with the monthly cadence, like you can know to expect them, like people need things to write about people need things like clickbait must churn. And I just think that <laughs> like, the tradition of it has made it like a very natural thing for people to comment on. So I think it's twofold. I think it's just that like, we're really comfortable commenting on people's bodies in all forms. And this is just like, if you offer up, it's a heightened version of that, these photos. I'm curious as someone who came of age in the TMZ Paris Hilton era, like you said, how has your relationship to celebrity evolved now? You've really seen behind the curtain. I used to approach things where I wanted to like be friends with my subjects because I was always so in awe of them. And it was like how quick, you know, like celebrities meant so much to me and the idea of like befriending one was so cool. And I think even later on, as I've grown more comfortable in my career and have more understanding of it, like really uh, losing a lot of that desire has been very healthy, like definitely healthy. Yeah. I'm so interested if we, if we leave off on this, I mean, obviously you, you fostered such a connection with Rachel, but I am interested in terms of profiles you've read or run-ins you've had that have felt very parasocial. There are obviously famous examples, which are like the, the Chris Evans profile from in GQ from 2011, where you you feel this flirtation and i i'm curious what's your take on on that approach but also if you've had that experience well i've fallen prey to it 100% i mean <laughs> dylan for example like you know we did have this close we share a close friend well they're a lot closer but i'm princess sarah as well so like he's like can i get your number i'm like we're texting after i'm like does he want to kiss me like that thing but i'm like no these people are just friendly like i've never actually had the chris evans experience but i used to try to will those things into happening like do you want to hate it like that i think i wanted that a lot with dylan i think not wanting those things is uh something I've had to work on and that's been growth for me is no longer trying to will everything into a getting drunk with Chris Evans a la GQ situation which I used to that desire governed a lot of my work and I don't try to that I'm trying to divorce myself from that desire that's the best way to put it because there are no truly unbiased writers we all go no. preconceived notions of who this person's going to be and our <laughs> connection to them also we all have eyes so it's like oh. you're going in and you're like and you're, ovaries yeah and you're oh my gosh well that's a beautiful note i feel like uh, yeah what, it's, it's like been... straight a bow tie from the beginning we started with hot people we end with them i'm back to dylan man he really left an impact he, he did really a number on you but this has been such a treat honestly Sam, getting so to fun. know you yeah ivana said something incredible things but get, getting to know you and hearing your perspective is is it's so lovely and sharing these stories it's it really it really does make the the world of this celebrity journalism feel that much smaller and knowing that our experiences are really universal within yeah. it, it's so applicable to larger life at the end of the day you're just sitting with people you don't know it is a blind date mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to find totally. something 
to connect with them over. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Congratulations again. Oh, thank you. This was a blast. Yeah, so, so fun. So fun. Thank, thank, you, you, thank, you, the time. thank you for coming. <laughs> Owen Wilson. <laughs> Wedding crashes. Wow. Oh, I know. Oh, you do it. You do it good. Wow. You do it well. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that was such a sweet little time. Oh my God. She's so cool. Yeah. Oh, so I love cool. Sam. But also like Rachel's so cool. That was yeah. such a, yeah. It's cool girl on cool girl. Definitely. Yeah. I really appreciated her candor. I know. No, and I knew she'd give it to us. I knew she'd give it to us. I mean, she. it sounds like she really fell in love with Dylan O'Brien, which I completely respect. Yeah, and she understand. also had some Charlie Puth stories, but she was like, I can't even get into that. She's oh like, those would be God. off the record. Yeah. They were no. like texting. She was like, are we going to fuck? And Stop. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. Has that happened to you with a with a subject? No, absolutely not. Okay. that's It's only happened to me once, mm. I think. I mean, with smaller people, it's it's happened more often, I think, but just, just the one which you know yeah is um that's the one time baby wow uh but i was in a relationship at the time and it was never gonna happen but also i find him very hideously unattractive oh god but the g easy thing was real yeah that's so sweet yeah that was that was i got a haircut with him and i haircut oh oh full circle there we are yeah got a haircut with him and he was very like i was like i get it i get it i see the holesy stuff i understand it all yeah well i saw him out once at tenants of the trees he used to always hang out there. It's yeah. like a bar in East LA. Yeah, yeah. And Lana would, Del Rey was always there. Yeah. Smoking outside. I know. I've heard that. And it's a cute bar. Have we been together? No. We should go. I haven't been in years. Yeah. That would be a fun little... I wonder what it's like nowadays. Yeah. I I don't know the bars that are the celeb haunts these days. It feels like that's so few and far between. Delilah. Delilah. Literally Delilah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what the other ones are. It's like La Poubelle randomly. Sometimes. Like a, yeah. I've seen Cole Sprouse there. I saw Alexander Skarsgård there. No. Yes. Just sitting at the bar. I did have a conversation with a girl who was standing next to Taika Waititi who goes, were you at Taika's birthday at La Poubelle? I went home with Jared Butler. Oh my and God. And I said, no, I was not. I am only in this conversation because Chris saw Taika across the room and pursued him like a hound. Oh, a fellow Kiwi. A fellow Kiwi. <laughs> so, but I was like, no, I, how was this ex with Jared Butler? <laughs> like that was truly. How was it? She said it was amazing. I'm sure. And he was a great guy. He's you, Scottish. Do you know where he always is? Where? Where he is always, always. I've seen him every single time I've gone to Runyon. Canyon, the hike. No. He's, I, he must live in like one of the houses that's like literally connected to it because he is there every single time I've gone. This is a very celeb sighting pod because we started with Sophia Ritchie. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah. I know. I mean. Looking gorgeous. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. But that's going to be you. Soon. In wedding, Soon enough. In wedding season. I know. Just completely transformed. And it is something that we talked about with Sam, how charming they really are, how charming some of them are. It's well, not everybody. She's just so right about the fact that like how charismatic, how engaged they are makes them so much hotter in real life. And I've said this a million times, I'm sure, but someone like Anne Hathaway truly took my breath away because <laughs> I love her. <laughs> the poetry in that. Yeah. Um, someone like Anne Hathaway really shocked me because she was so beautiful, but also just like was so open and warm and witty and yeah when someone's cold and closed off i mean it's like any it's like any date you're just like oh this i'm not feeling this there's no chemistry here yes and the chemistry i think is so what makes the magic of it and that's really what makes it possible for you to distill down who they are and what they were like because when there's no connection it's sort of like a bad date you're it like is. i don't know who this person is and i don't know what they're like yeah i don't like it the fact that they're even aware of you to begin with is like huge. Yeah. You know, even a how are you is, is amazing. A question about where you're from yeah. is so delightful. I do notice, like I notice when people like refill my water, if it's like a lunch meeting and I'm like, that's sweet. That's mm. sweet of you to do. Yeah. Thinking of someone else, like think, you know, you're present here. Yes. Well, I know writers who have been fired <gasps> or let go off the basis of like having a drink with talent. Oh, yeah. I guess I wouldn't do that. Well, I mean... I I, definitely have done that. Yeah, I know. No, you've taught me a lot about how to loosen up from my insane investigative journalist background where my professors and mentors were like, you may not even share your last name with these people. (laughs) It was like, you are at an arm's length. 
give them nothing you cannot like no drinking no hugging no touch of any kind no like contacts like <laughs> no hugging no hugging no hugging they you, were like you, you don't want to blur lines talent now yeah well famously my <laughs> 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 like incident with chris incident. evans i know and j-lo i did the same thing to both of them they, they both tried, went into the hug they both went in to shake my hand or like say goodbye and i skirted away <laughs> You literally swerved. Yeah, which is awful. And mostly just because I like don't want to assume, but it's such a claim to fame. I it's guess it's gonna be yeah. on your tombstone. And they're all there are video there's video evidence for both. So just a devastation. One day the JLO will be revealed. But honestly, that one's way worse. That one's not funny. That one no. is just like she's like clearly like jarred, and I'm like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And then they're rushing me out and yeah, just that's terrible. Not fun. That's not fun. No. But you know what is fun? This podcast. I agree. We absolutely love doing it. I know. We love having you. We love chatting to you. We loved having Sam. Oh, please read the book. It's called The Alyssa's. It's out everywhere you buy your books. Now, rave reviews, truly yeah. getting the best the best press as it deserves. But we love, we love you. We love you. You are our favorite. You're the reason we keep showing up to do the damn thing. I know. It's just it's it's just such a joy. It is. It's it such really a joy. Is. If you could fucking write. Oh my god. <laughs> if you could fucking get a written review. Yeah. I know. If you uh, if you can. <laughs> um, we okay. pull guns out of nowhere. I We're know. just like Furious. out of the holster. Yeah. Uh, no, we no. This has actually been incredibly fun, and we're so excited to keep bringing you crazy talent, like amazing, amazing writers, but also industry insiders and experts who are going to weigh in on all your favorites and also unravel the realities of the media machine, which is really interesting to us. We hope you as well. I'm so excited for the people to come. Oh my God. I know. It's a fun little lineup. Oh my God. So stay tuned. Keep listening. Yes. And like, and subscribe all the things. Make sure you see us and hear us. I know. And, and now it's time to take a nap. I feel like I know. <laughs> you're going to the club tonight, baby. I know. No naps for you. I know. Okay. Well, we love you. Bye. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.